Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Lots to get to today. Just as we went off the air yesterday for the live show at noon, an announcement comes out from Indiana that there would be a replacement game for the Crossroads Classic, which ends on Saturday when the Hoosiers and Notre Dame hook up IU and Kansas in a home and home series over the next couple of years. So, That is obviously big, big scheduling news as we talk about IU basketball moving forward under Mike Woodson. Yes, the non-conference schedule has been, and again, I think it's a good thing this year, but has been very underwhelming as far as opponents go. You've had St. John's at home, Syracuse on the road. Now the Notre Dame game is very important for this team coming up on a neutral court Saturday but a series with Kansas is big stuff, and Mike Woodson has said since he been he has been there now uh, this past off season through the start of the year that he wanted to get his feet under him, see where this program was headed, and slowly he even mentioned Kansas back in one of those early press conferences. He would like to see the Kentuckys and the Kansases and those types of games come back on the schedule. So um, a year out basically from that game. Uh, we get the the word from IU that IU-Kansas is going to happen. Uh, big stuff for the IU schedule looking to the future. We'll cover that today and also National Signing Day, so a lot to get to. Boy, IU has been very active in the transfer portal and obviously getting high school commitments and signings. We're going to do our best to break it all down, but I'll tell you, in both accounts, both high school signees and Coming out of the transfer portal, uh, IU is doing really very well, and uh, some people may even be surprised at how well this IU team is doing based on the season that just concluded. In fact, I was reading a story a little early t- earlier today that in some ratings that are out there, uh, the best transfer class, the uh, best job in the transfer portal so far, and it's still pretty early in this point of the offseason season. Uh, I use the top in the country, or at least among the top few in the country as far as what they've been able to do so far in the transfer portal. So we'll break all of that down today, take a look at who's committed and some of the the headline commits for this IU football program this year coming up here in just a bit. Uh, Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. We'll start with our headlines. We'll cover the IU-Kansas matchup, some of the details from that. We'll talk National Signing Day. Well, there's news from the transfer portal to report as well. Michael Penix yesterday uh, has a new college football home. He's going to play for Washington, and obviously there's a few different IU connections there with Coach DeBoer and now uh, the former offensive coordinator Sheridan. He is uh, at uh, Washington as well in another position. So some familiar connections for Penix as he exits Indiana very soon to head to Washington 
Uh, we'll cover that. And uh, then later in the show, Dustin Dopirak of the uh, Bloomington Herald Times will join. We'll talk the latest with IU basketball uh, in advance of the Notre Dame game. It's been a long week. There's been no midweek, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night uh, IU game. And I'll tell you what, another thing I was thinking about last night, uh, those early Big Ten games, and then of course the Gavit games and the ACC Big Ten games, because we kind of went basically from Gavit, couple days break, ACC Big Ten Challenge, couple days break. Then you had lots of Big Ten games over the course of a week and a half or two. Uh, so IU had a couple, and obviously every Big Ten school did. So there was some really high-quality Big Ten hoops on there for a number of days if you add all those things up. It seems like we've been in a drought, especially this week, finals week, uh, since the Sunday game. Not a lot of activity uh, for IU and really not a, a lot of activity in college hoops this week, uh, but things will begin to pick back up a little bit later in the week and, of course, for IU on Saturday when they take on Notre Dame. So we'll cover that with Dustin. We'll get into some IU football stuff as far as recruiting and the transfer portal goes. And then later in the show, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be with me, presented by Major League Shirt Company. Josh always comes on here in the middle of the week to talk uh, the latest with high school sports and some of the local things of interest and there is plenty to get to today. We are rolling in the high school basketball season. And to be quite honest, there have been a few disappointments so far this season. There have been some good moments. There have been some good games, some big performances. But uh, there have been a few disappointing things uh, this so, this season so far. Obviously, lots of hoops to come. Uh, but we'll see how things play out for our local area. And Josh will join us a little bit later in the program today to discuss some of those items. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. Love to get your questions and comments for our guest. Anything IU, basketball, football, local sports, whatever it is you may want to sound off on, it's real simple to get your phone out, send a text message to this number, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. Don't forget Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and their delicious donuts. Let's get into some headlines for today. Obviously, the big news, the IU-Kansas game announced next year. A lot of excitement about that, and we're basically a year away from this Saturday, I believe, is when the game will be. Uh, but a home-and-home -home series, it'll start December 17th uh, of next year, 2022, in Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas. And then the Jayhawks will return to Bloomington to Simon Scott Assembly Hall. The date for that one will be Saturday, December 16th, 2023. This will be the third time that those teams uh, hook up for a home-and-home -home series. And, of course, two very historic programs in college hoops Kansas of late has been much more uh, in the national spotlight than IU, but if you add it up total, uh, eight combined NCAA championships, five for IU, three for Kansas among those two teams, and it's going to be this game, this crossroads game coming out of finals week uh, when this thing hits the schedule the next couple of years. So a uh, big addition to the non-conference for IU. There were rumors of some sort of event. IU was in discussions with some other schools to play uh, in Madison Square Garden. That came out a week and a half or so ago. It came out over the weekend, and it never made it. Uh, other than me mentioning it yesterday, it never made it on the program. 
I don't know how that affects this. It was never stated that that New York City event was a uh, possible replacement for the crossroads. I don't know if that could be something else on the non-conference schedule, but if it is, you could be looking at a total different picture uh, for non-conference games a year from now for IU with Kansas and possibly something in New York City. Of course, the ACC Big Ten Challenge, you know that will be back. The Gavit tip-off games, not every single year does every single team in both conferences get a chance to be in the tip-off games, but you would think that Indiana would, given the following and TV ratings and all the things that go into putting the, those matchups together. But uh, nonetheless, big announcement for next year. Here as we get ready to close out non-conference play for IU over the next two weeks. And uh, one other note, the series between IU and Kansas, IU actually leads that series, uh, eight wins, six losses to Kansas. And in fact, I did not realize this. The last time that IU and Kansas played was back uh, November 11th. It was out in Honolulu at the Maui Invitational, a great overtime game, uh, 103-99, IU the victor uh, in that game. Indiana uh, has also met Kansas twice in national championship games, one of those a win back in 1974, uh, and one was also a, a loss in 1993. So uh, again, a great series, I think, for college hoops, a great series for IU and for Kansas, and uh, Mike Woodson making good on what he said as he got solid with the program. Uh, and there's still, I think, a ways to go to say IU is a solid program, probably in in what he envisions, but uh, definitely taking a step up next year with the non-conference schedule. Also, some IU football notes. Uh, Michael Penix, we got a lot of football stuff to cover here quickly. Former IU quarterback Michael Penix will transfer to Washington. He'll play for IU former offensive coordinator Kalen DeBoer. Uh, that came on his Instagram page yesterday. So he's going to hook up with some, some familiar faces because Nick Sheridan is also now got a spot on the staff of DeBoer out in Washington. So guys that he, he's played with, played for before, he'll be with them. Hopefully it works out for all of them. Those guys all put a lot into IU football. Of course, Kalen DeBoer left IU football as one of the hottest names as far as assistant coaches go. And so we'll see how Michael Penix does at a new spot. Can he stay healthy? And if he's healthy, is he able to get back to what he was a year ago at Indiana when he was absolutely, I think, the best in the Big Ten Conference? So we'll see what happens with Michael Penix moving forward. Uh, I counted today, as of this show, 14 high school signees from the class of 2022 have signed with the Hoosiers and six transfers coming out of the portal have actually signed their papers so far. I think out of the portal right now, it's hard to keep up with everything. I think IU's got eight total signees slash commitments from the transfer portal. Eight is what they had a year ago, and it was thought of to be a really good uh, haul from the transfer portal. It seems like Indiana definitely at this point is going to greatly outpace it's uh, eight from the transfer portal last year as it's already at that number. A couple notes, too, from the high school class. Desan McCullough from Bloomington South, he's a four-star. He is the highest-rated recruit ever for IU during uh, the rankings era since there have been such things as college uh, football player rankings, prospect player rankings coming out of high school. Also, a few other notes on players as well for Indiana. DJ Moore out of Fort Wayne, he's a three-star. Uh, he is the highest-rated offensive lineman ever for IU during the rankings era. 
and uh, also Travell Mullen from Pompano Beach, Florida. He's a four-star among all the different recruiting services out there. Highest-rated cornerback ever for IU during the rankings area and uh, era. And the final note as well for a IU commit, J- Jabran Payne. He's from over in Cincinnati. He's a four-star running back. He is the second highest rated running back for IU during the rankings area. So my question is this, or what my thought is this, if if we just read the recruiting class, the, the number of prospects, the rankings, the stars, the best, highest ever in the rankings era for IU football, three different positions, and of course the second highest rated running back, would you think that this was IU football coming off of a season where they weren't just – underperforming, but they were, were terrible for a lack of better term, terminology. Uh, it seems like a pretty good uh, recruiting class for IU given what happened this past season. So there are still some other names out there, some other big additions Indiana needs to get signed officially, uh, but that is where things stand right now as far as coming into this show this morning. Uh, 10, 14 players uh, signed right now for IU football, six in addition to that from the transfer portal. Lots of news here over the last 24 hours or so as well from football recruiting. Indiana got a tight end in the 2022 class named Brody Foley uh, to commit to Indiana. He was committed to Tennessee. We talked yesterday about how college football recruiting and signing day is so different. Sometimes you get players that shock you. They decommit and then turn around and immediately sign with another program. That was the case in Indiana's benefit with Foley yesterday. So he sounds like a big pickup for uh, the Hoosiers. And then also from the transfer portal, uh, you got a California defensive end from Cal named J.H. Tevis, who committed to IU with an announcement on his Twitter page earlier today. So uh, he was at IU over the weekend while he was in the transfer portal and uh, played a lot of games. Seems like an intriguing uh, prospect on the defensive end for IU to add to the fold. And then a, a busy day yesterday because Juco receiver Cameron Camper also committed to IU on Tuesday night. He's from Lancaster, Texas, uh, played at Trinity Valley Community College, 28 receptions, 505 yards, three touchdowns in his 2021 season. Camper is the number two wide receiver nationally coming out of junior college and the number 25 overall junior college prospect in the 2022 class. So again, good news here recently, the last few days coming out of the weekend for IU. Good news with the signing class of 2022 so far. Good news with the transfer portal as well. There appear to be some other work being done in that area. Uh, So again, even though the season wasn't great, I think that some of the additions here so far uh, in recruiting and the transfer portal have been really good for IU. And of course, I mentioned IU's transfer uh, are out of the portal right now. They're ranked as one, if not the best, depending on which service you look at uh, as far as their, who they've hauled in out of the transfer portal based on commitments. And, uh, you know, one of the, the examples, the great examples of a transfer portal so far in college football, Mel Tucker, his first year at Michigan State. Uh, they were two and five, and then he went and got twenty plus new players from the portal following that season. And we all know what happened with Michigan State this past year: ten games, uh, victories, ten victories for the Spartans. They are number ten in the AP poll with the regular season coming to a close, and they're getting ready for a big bowl game down at the Peach Bowl. So Indiana, obviously, hoping to have that kind of success and turnaround 
obviously the transfer portal, those guys come in experienced. Many times they've already played uh, a number of games and started at uh, high-level football, and you hope to put a recipe together that can turn things around, and that, I think, is obviously what Indiana hoping to do uh, as well. One other quick note, local note here. Uh, yesterday we were talking about UofL volleyball headed to the Final Four and how C.C. Rush of Providence, local player, uh, local family, uh, getting a chance to play uh, collegiate volleyball on the highest stage. And a year ago, it was Ali Stumler locally from Christian Academy who led Kentucky uh, to a NCAA volleyball championship. Kind of a real sleeper Kentucky was last year. Louisville, not as much. They've been ranked number one this season, and I think a lot of people thought ultimately they had a good chance to get to the Final Four. But someone sent me a note yesterday. We've had another local player uh, that has uh, had some success here uh, in NCAA championships. Uh, her name is Sierra Razor, and she is from Christian Academy of Indiana, so played there with Allie Stumler. And uh, her team, uh, Tampa, Florida, uh, a good Division II sports program, they won the NCAA Division II Volleyball Championship over the weekend. They swept Washburn from Kansas, who was number three, the number three seed in the national title game. Tampa, of course, was the top seed uh, in the tournament. So Razor, a senior, four years of uh, college volleyball at Samford before she went to Tampa as a graduate transfer, and that worked out for the local product as she'll conclude things with a uh, NCAA Division II volleyball championship. So, again, volleyball good in our area, and this is just another example of somebody playing it at a very, very high level and also having a lot of success as well. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Love to get your questions and comments for Dustin Dopirak. What do you got on IU basketball? Your thoughts on the IU-Kansas series that was announced yesterday for next year? Uh, and also IU football. Are you hopeful that uh, some of these uh, signings from the 2022 class and some of these commitments from the transfer portal can orchestrate a turnaround and a much better season next year for Tom Allen and the Hoosiers? We'll cover all of those topics next Stay with us. This is a Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times is my guest. We're going to get into some basketball, obviously, and talk IU-Kansas. That series announced yesterday. We'll get into Notre Dame coming up on Saturday, the final year of the Crossroads Classic as well. But I just got another football note sent to me. Indiana has landed another flip commitment, 2022 running back Jalen Lucas, who was committed uh, to Tulane, decommitted and uh, has signed within the last 30 minutes or so with IU and all accounts from some of the national recruiting football recruiting people. This is a huge pickup. Apparently, Lucas's stock has really, really been on the rise. I saw that he just just shot up the rankings here over the last uh, his last year of high school football. So it uh, sounds like a really interesting pickup, a big playmaker 
uh, for IU in uh, running back slash athlete Jalen Lucas, who is uh, from Louisiana. Dustin, I, I don't follow football recruiting near as closely as what I follow basketball and of course basketball dominates this show especially this time of year but I do enjoy national signing day I like to try to keep up with IU and other schools in the Big Ten Conference specifically Uh, this just seems to be a a wild and wacky year lots of changes late from some of these prospects obviously the transfer portal is running concurrently and it is just absolutely crazy so far this offseason as well and I'll tell you what for where Indiana finished the football season as far as the record and just how dismal it seemed to go, uh, both from high school recruits, 2022 class, and the portal, Indiana seems to be getting some guys that have a lot of talent. No, absolutely. I mean, I think there was – you had a lot of reason to be concerned if you're an Indiana fan. When when you recruit guys of that caliber – and, and they, I mean, they had – you know, good spots they were turning down. I mean, it was for it, for a lot of these cases, I know I've probably talked about this before, um, but the, the guys, the teams that they were beating uh, for these kids, when they really landed them in the summer, when, you know, basically the, the entire sort of, uh, you know, national profile, national brand of Indiana was peaking, um, you know, th- these were guys that they, they beat some SEC schools for. I mean, they beat some ACC schools for. They beat schools that they typically don't compete with uh, and were able to win those guys over. And you know, But that is, that's at a point where you're coming off of 6-2, and two, you're a top-15 team, everyone's thinking, man, Indiana might go to the Rose Bowl or something like that. Uh, and then to follow that up with 2-10, and 10, you had to presume that there had to be – you had to expect somebody to be looking around like, ah, I don't know if I want to still be here um, or be a part of this. But they managed to keep those guys that did help, I think, that a couple of their highest-rated recruits were guys that weren't going to go anywhere else because of familial connections. Obviously, Desan McCullough, highest-rated recruit uh, on that, basically in, in the class. Uh, you know, his, his dad's there. He's not going to, but he's not going to blow off his dad. You know, Travell Mullen is another one of the top guys. He's not going to blow off his brother. So, uh, you know, that obviously helps the cause. I mean, they, they lose a the quarterback, which I think you had to expect uh, when you're changing offensive coordinators. Nick Sheridan was a big part of the recruiting for Josh Hoover. Uh, I know basically that that was the thing that really meant a lot to, to Josh was that uh, you know Sheridan was on top of him before anybody else was. Um, so, so that was a big deal so it wasn't a big surprise that I think he ended up changing direction and staying closer to home um, at TCU and they could still use a quarterback uh, in, in some way shape or form with this group um, but still impressive that they, they kept a, they've kept a lot of offensive guys kept offensive line guys went out and got some of the defensive players added guys in the portal uh, all around Indiana's got got to be really happy with with this I mean they might have been able to land um, some more higher level guys if they came into this off of something closer to 10 and two than two and 10. Um, but still matters a lot. If they were able to keep these guys in line. It's still going to be one of, it's going to be probably one of the highest rated classes that Indiana's ever had. It might be the highest rated class. So that matters a lot, but to, you know, just maintaining some type of positive momentum after a year when everything seemed to go backwards. Yeah. Is that standard? I mean, I know obviously success can, we saw it happen with Tom Allen success, put him on a, national platform and it, it seemed IU football after the season a year ago took off uh, recruiting wise and, and in the transfer portal we saw the, the two Florida Bowls and how that seemed to help increase IU's activity in the south especially in the state of Florida but is it is it common to see even after such I mean this wasn't just a, a bit of a disappointing year where Indiana you know didn't win a couple games that they thought that people thought they would this was a year where things almost went against every projection that was out there for this team. Is it odd to see this momentum still existing now as signing day is here and transfer portal stuff is heating up? I mean, it strikes you as odd, but in the same way, I, I don't know. I can't think of a, an obvious parallel off the top of my head. 
um, that a team missed its expectation by this much. Um, but but not only that, it, it, it's it's one thing to miss an expectation when you're like if you're if you're Florida State and you have some injuries and and suddenly you go you know you're used to being uh, ten and two and then you have a really bad year and you're four and eight or something like that. You're still Florida State. I mean, you're you're used to people coming to see you. You know, Indiana. This was such a rise and then a, just a drastic fall. I, I I don't know how. I I don't know an analog off the top of my head that you can look to and say, okay, well, how did their recruiting go? Um, you know, you, I'd almost have to look it up to be like, okay, who who was top twenty-five? Who ended up finishing this bad? I mean, two and ten is a really bad season, and you know, not one single win over a Power Five conference. And I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who missed uh, who missed the mark by that extent so on 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 on, to some degree they're in a little bit of uncharted territory i think i'm imagining there might be an analog in there someplace but i can't think of one um so but i think obviously the the bigger issue for them um it's really important that they kept this class it is a big deal so i don't want to discount that um but the effect is what you're going to see in the 2023 class i mean obviously they start in pretty good position because they've got um dave mccullough you know basically the son's brother that really helps uh as a starting point but after that, I mean, they're going to have a hard time selling this spring and summer. Uh, you know, they're going to be lugging two and two, two and ten around this spring and summer. Uh, it's different for people to bail on you. It's harder for people to make that decision and say, ah, coach, I don't want to come. I know I told you I was coming and I'm excited, you know, and everything, but you guys were too bad. That's, that's a tough conversation to have. Uh, it's a lot easier to say, uh, thanks for calling guys that you were two and ten last year. I've got better offers. Uh, and that's kind of what they're going to be dealing with this this spring and summer is you know trying to convince uh, you know players that don't have a commitment to them yet uh, that they're worth that they're worth coming to that they're worth committing to uh, you know I I think it's going to be hard for them to compete at that level I mean it's big that they got Jalen Lucas today you know that's a big sell obviously his his uh, you know uh, recruitment was getting a lot better so the fact that they were able to land him is a big deal um, I imagine they were able to sell some something close to immediate playing time with the running back situation being what it is. Um, uh, so that obviously helps their cause, but I think, uh, you know, 2023, I think is really going to tell the tale of how much, uh, this season affected their status. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald times, my guest, IU very active, uh, Dustin in the transfer portal as well. Uh, there have been some very intriguing prospects yesterday. It was a California, uh, transfer defensive end J.H. Tevis and some other names that, I mean, these guys that IU is, are, are getting, in fact, IU, number one in one listing, number two in the other as far as transfer portal success so far this season. But some of these guys I use landing, I mean, they've, they've, they've played high-level Division One football. They are not newcomers. There is not un, unknown with some of these guys, like there might be a high school prospect or someone even coming from junior college football. But Indiana, it appears, Dustin, is on track to uh, way bypass possibly its eight transfer portal uh, commitments last off season because I use already there right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they've hit the portal hard. Um, I don't know that they have anybody who is as proven um, as a couple of the guys that they managed to get last year. Um, you know, obviously Stephen Carr haven't been a five-star recruit and been at least reasonably productive at USC. Um, you know, DJ Matthews haven't been a guy who was a, was a USA U.S. Army All-American way back when. Um, and and was productive as a kick returner and a slot guy at Florida State. Um, so so far there, there haven't been as many that that had that kind of numbers. Um, but all the same, it makes a difference when you when you're picking up guys that that, that played at Ole Miss, that played at Cal. 
uh, you know, that, that they were at least, you know, recruited by, you know, I mean, you know, uh, Sean Shivers obviously played and was productive in his role uh, at Auburn. Um, Josh Henderson didn't play as much in North Carolina, but at least was good enough to be recruited there. Um, so it makes a difference that, that they're getting guys, um, you know, from these caliber schools that obviously they got to have some talent, that there's, there's got to be someone there. They've had some experience that allows them to kind of plug and play, um, you know, get guys in who know, you know, what, what it takes at the, at, you know, to, to play you know, major division one college football. Um, so yeah, no, they're, they're obviously taking advantage of this transfer portal. Like you said, kind of at the beginning, uh, I mean, we, we, the, the, the entire, you know, paradigm has shifted, um, because, of because of the portal, because of the the COVID waiver of 2020, just have everybody having an extra year, um, and you know, just sort of not knowing who's going where. I mean, that, it's, it's one of those things with the, like the musical chairs. Like when the music stops, there's going to be kids left off, um, which is you know kind of a shame. But you know, it, it, it changes the, the total dynamic and it makes everything. Uh, it, it shifts everything. You know, you're, you're everyone sort of started with smaller classes that are getting a lot bigger now, close into sign, closer to signing day because they're just fi- finding out now who's going to be on their team and who's not. So it's definitely just going to be a, a, a more chaotic uh, experience, I think, until uh, all of those kids that were around the 2020 age out. You know, up, up, it, it'll kind of tone down, I think, at that point. But as long as everybody's co- carrying around that COVID year, uh, it's going to be a weird process for a lot of teams. Yeah, no question. Talking with Dustin Dopirak, IU football to start. Now we'll get into some IU basketball. Well, I want to, I do want to ask you about Michael Penix before we tr- uh, flip over to basketball. Uh, new home announced for him yesterday, Washington. There obviously is a big connection with Coach DeBoer there and also Coach uh, Sheridan now on the staff of DeBoer at Washington. So I think IU fans, from what I feel, are, are hopeful that Penix does well, a good guy that just had – uh, well, he had some really good performances, number one, but also some bad luck with injuries, number two, at Indiana. And he just seemed to not be comfortable, not able to get it going this past season. Your thoughts on Washington for him as his new destination? Well, yeah, and you tack on to that the fact that they appear, appear, appear to be hiring Mitch Sheridan as a, as a tight ends coach. Um, it just just a good situation for Indiana all around. I mean, Kalen DeBoer is really, I think, taking care uh, of his old guys, Tom Allen, I think has to be pretty thankful for that. I mean, I think uh, Indiana fans, I think, have a will always have a warm spot spot in their heart for Michael Penix. Um, but I think they were sort of ready to see him move on, hoping that it'll be better for him, but not wanting to, um, you know, wait and see. Uh, they, they've obviously seen his bad luck. I mean, they, they saw this year him not coming back at 100. Um, percent And I, I think it. it it was a little bit gut wrenching, I think, for IU fans to see it because I think they they viewed, they saw, a, a lot of them felt pretty early in the process that he wasn't going to get right, and you know, obviously Indiana stuck with them uh, for a while, went out and threw for three seventy or whatever it was against uh, against Western Kentucky, and, and seemed to maintain that hope uh, that he was going to make it, even if, if he was just you know four four touchdowns against seven interceptions, just not. Uh, just being pretty erratic with the football and almost made it easier on them when he got hurt uh, against Penn State to to not you know be in a position to have to bring him back. Um, so I think they're rooting for them. I, I I don't know that they wanted to sort of go through that experience again. I guess in in a weird way of sort of watching him work his way back from that injury. They're sort of okay with the idea of letting him go and try in somewhere else. Um, but it is a place that makes sense for him. Obviously, I think he was successful under Kalen DeBoer, completed somewhere around uh, 70% of his passes in the games he's played. I think he only made it through six that year before he got hurt. Um, but obviously, Peyton Ramsey was pretty successful with him as well. Uh, but getting shared in there is a guy he likes as much as Indiana fans had soured on him. 
Um, you know, Penix connects with him pretty well. Obviously, he's not going to be working with him directly, but at least have another familiar face out there in Seattle, uh, you know, I think really helps this cause. So I think it's one of those things at this point, it, it works out well for everybody. You know, also with Sheridan going, I think it saves Indiana some money because I imagine that, that uh, his buyout will be mitigated some. So basically everything that's happening with uh, everything that Kalen DeBoer is doing for Indiana is something that IU has to be happy about. Yeah, no question. Dustin, let's flip to some basketball. You know, we should be talking about <clears throat> current storylines, the current season, the upcoming game against Notre Dame. But the announcement yesterday, just as our show went off the air, uh, that IU and Kansas are going to play a home-and-home home starting next year out in Lawrence, Kansas, is welcome news, I think, to IU fans and really to college basketball as a whole. This is a big upgrade for next year and what will be year two for Mike Woodson. No, absolutely, and I, I think it's it's well timed. Obviously, on IU's part, I think um, you know from a getting out the news standpoint, I think um, they certainly were one of the reasons. Seem, seem to be ready to move on from the Crossroads Classic. I mean, obviously, I think uh, I think Purdue blames Indiana and Notre Dame, um, but you know, when, when you're at least coming up to it, obviously, there's going to be some discussion of, oh man, why is this thing going away? And Indiana at least gets the answer because I mean that that has been sort of their case that you know this you know having a game this weekend, which is a really good weekend to schedule uh, a big game, a big home and home game, be a part of an event. Um, because it's after final exams, you, you get you guys really rolling, and you're, you're, it, it gets you closer to the start of uh, uh, the Big Ten season. I mean, it, it just uh, it, it, it's a good fit, and that's why there's going to be some other. Big, there's usually big events. I mean, they you know by all accounts apparently were not able to be part of had an opportunity to be part of the CBS Sports Classic and couldn't play in that because they were in Crossroads. So it allows Indiana to kind of make a statement to say, hey, we are we are using this. We're not going to, you know, lose the crossroads so we can go play, you know, uh, another Merrimack at home. We're going to go out and, and really try to do something here. Um, and and it, it makes Mike Woodson put his money where his mouth is. I mean, he said basically in June, I think, or maybe it was May, um, when he was asked about it, you know, basically said, hey, what's your scheduling philosophy? And he said, you know, I, I, I want to schedule big games. I'm not going to do it right now. Um, because I don't know about my team yet. I mean, I haven't had a chance to work with these guys. I don't know what I'm in for, so I don't want to, you know, have these dudes playing Kansas and Kentucky um, when I, I don't know if they're ready for that. Um, so basically, it's like he's got his feet set and, and it sort of makes a statement that yeah, I'm I'm willing to take on people. Uh, you know, this is your evidence right here. I mean, who knows? I, mean, I, I don't know how good they're going to be next year. Who all, who all they're going to lose? Um, but it is them saying, I, I trust that we're going to be able to hang with Kansas on the road, you know, that, that it's going to be a worthwhile game for us to do on the road at Kansas. Um, so basically everybody was sort of asking, well, you know, you were, you were really soft on them this year. Do you think that was a good idea? You know, do you, do you wish you did more with this? And he actually got that question uh, on Sunday. And, and here's sort of an answer. Here's a response to that. Like, hey, I, I meant it when I was saying I just was, I just didn't know yet. And now I feel more grounded in what I have. So this is how I'm going to schedule. I'm going to go out and get another iconic program, you know, set the first home and home between those two, you know, big time Midwestern programs uh, in what, 26 years, I think uh, 20, I guess it'll be 27 by the time they play. Um, and 28 will be the first time in 28 years that they'll have an on-campus game uh, between Indiana and Kansas. So, so that's a big deal. I mean, that's it's just it, it, it's it's one of those programs that, that hasn't been mentioned. They've they've gotten the Dukes and the Carolinas through the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Uh, you know, they've obviously got Kentucky. Uh, bringing Kansas back in the fold, I think, is is a, a big move for Woodson, and and it obviously sends a, a really important statement. Yeah, no question. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. Dustin, uh, busy time with uh, signing day for football and, of course, in the middle of the season uh, for college hoops following the Hoosiers. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk again next week.
Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Dustin Dopirak with us Wednesdays on the program. Had a note here on Caleb Banks, IU commit in the 2022 class. He had a big game last night, 32 points, seven rebounds, five three-pointers as his team uh, a winner easy in a game down in Georgia. He also had a 36-point, 10-rebound game over the weekend. So I have no idea about their schedule and the type of competition they're playing night in and night out, but Banks has been putting up some really, really big numbers for his team down there in Fayette County, Georgia. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, local sports on the docket with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. That segment presented by Major League Shirt Company. Had a big girls game last night to talk about. Uh, Also, you know, it's National Signing Day. Keontae Goodwin up at Charlestown. Where's he going to go? He was committed to Kentucky, but maybe there's a flip scenario coming up with him as well. He had been flirting with Alabama, Michigan State, and others. We'll talk about that in the next segment also. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back with you for our final segment of the day. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. And uh, let's uh, bring in Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, presented by Major League Shirt Company. Major League Shirt Company offers custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. Visit mlshirtco.com. To find out more, that's mlshirtco.com. Josh, a lot of chatter today about IU football, National Signing Day, and the transfer portal, so let's keep it on that topic with a local player, Keontae Goodwin of Charlestown, who initially committed to Kentucky in a bit of a surprise, I think, to a lot of people some months ago. Then he took some visits to Alabama and maybe a couple other schools, and it looks like he's down to either Kentucky, where he's been committed to, or Michigan State, and he's supposed to announce that decision on CBS Sports HQ a little later this afternoon at 3.30. Yeah, it's, uh, it should be interesting to see uh, who he picks. You know, obviously, uh, um, Kentucky has been, as you said, his choice for a while, but then Michigan State is coming to the picture. You know, they've had a great year, and, you know, Mel Tucker's got a lot of buzz behind him right now, so, uh, you know, It'll be interesting to see who he picks. You know, I guess, I guess uh, if if uh, if I'm making a pick, I'm I'm saying Kentucky. But you know, that's just me guessing. I don't know anything. But uh, you know, Kentucky's had a lot of success with the offensive linemen uh, recently and putting them in the NFL. So so maybe that'll factor in his decision. I'm I'm sure it will, but I don't know how much uh, you know. How much it will, we'll see. We'll find out three thirty, I guess. I tell you what, he had a chance to go to Alabama. I saw some of the photos and things he tweeted from his visit there, you know, you get maybe, okay, committed to Kentucky, they're nearby, I like the coach, they had a great season, but then you get to Alabama and things are just different. Uh, So I thought maybe we would see him 
uh, renege on his commitment to Kentucky and, and maybe ultimately land playing for Alabama and Coach Saban. But Michigan State has, has come on really strong, not just with Goodwin, but with other prospects as well. I mentioned earlier in the show their success using the transfer portal last offseason to kind of retool that whole program. Uh, so we'll see. It's it's Michigan State to me is a little bit of a surprise, but they have come on, and it's not just Goodman that they've come on with. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's been funny, kind of. It's been fun to just kind of watch his Twitter and see that you know he was at Nick Saban's house, or you know uh, Jimbo Fisher came to see him at Charlestown. You know, it's kind of funny to see all these uh, you know these these coaches interested in a, in a local kid like that. But that's awesome. That's great for him and. Uh, you know, it's uh, wish him nothing but the best. Uh, we'll we'll see what uh, you know who he casts his lot with later on today. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest. Josh, the high school basketball season is in full swing, and Friday night really had that first feel of a big night. You had some Hoosier Hills Conference and Mid Southern Conference games. And I think we learned a lot. Floyd Central was a big winner over New Albany. That It wasn't surprising they won. The final margin was most definitely surprising. And I think I can say the same about North Harris and Silver Creek from the Mid-Southern Conference. Uh, the Cougars are having a very nice year. No surprise they would defeat Silver Creek and Brandon Northern, who still are trying to find their way without Trey Kaufman, Wren, and Cooper Jacoby. But it was the size of the win, I think, in both of those games that were surprising to me. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, you, you don't, especially with uh, the recent history between Floyd Central and New Albany, you, you didn't definitely didn't expect a 31-point uh, victory for Floyd Central. You expected something, you know, a lot a lot closer, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you've talked about it and, and we've talked about it. Just Floyd Central is just so daggone big, you know, for <laughs> biggest team around, you know, bigger than a lot of small college teams or, or you know, maybe even mid, mid-major mid college teams, I don't know. But, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're huge and they've got some talent, some shooters. So, uh, you know, it was I was definitely surprised by that result. And then, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Silver Creek too. You know, obviously uh, they've, uh, you know, lost a lot, a lot, a lot to graduation. And um, they, they lost – they were expecting Kyle Roberts to kind of step in and play a role this year and, you know, take some of the scoring load off Brandon Northern, but then he got hurt against uh, uh, in one of their early games. So I think he's done for the year. So that, that really uh, puts him behind the eight ball as well. So I'll be interested to see what happens Friday night between Silver Creek and Jeff. Yeah, no, we'll be at that game as well. That should be an interesting game to help kind of define the early early part of the season, but Josh, think about this. When's the last time you saw Floyd Central blow away New Albany uh, in the fashion they did? You see Silver Creek get beat in the manner they did by North Harrison, even though that's been a really good rivalry in recent years. And then also you see Jeffersonville go on the road and lose at Seymour. Friday was just uh, just a different night as far as our area hoops goes. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree it was. Um, and, you know, it, I think it shows, it, it speaks to you know, especially Jeff losing to Seymour, obviously, you know, they didn't have Will Lovings Watts and Coach Grants wasn't there either, but but still I think it speaks to the Hoosier Hills Conference, maybe kind of what, what, what balance we'll see this season. Uh, you know, and may you know, maybe Floyd Central will distinguish itself uh like that every game. I don't know, we'll see. But uh I, I think it'll be I think it'll be a really competitive year this this season in the league. And uh yeah, and North Harrison 
beating Silver Creek like that, you know, um, North Harrison's really, really good. You know, I figure beat North Harrison, Scottsburg, and and um, yeah, Brownstown, obviously, in the Mid-Southern this year. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens. But that was a that was a big uh, first weekend to kind of, kind of shake things up in the conference races. I tell you what, uh, Josh, on the girls' side of things, there's not near the discussion on who's the best boys team. I think you could make an argument for a couple teams right now, and there's still a lot to figure out. Obviously, the girls are farther into the year, but Silver Creek has claimed that uh, title. They are back. They are for real. They are a different team in some ways than what they were a season ago when they won the 3A Girls Championship at, at Banker's Life in Indianapolis. Uh, but they are they're back. They've had lots of challenges and tests so far, and they've uh, they've passed them all with flying colors. Yeah, and the biggest one is, is tomorrow night. Uh, and they play at Bedford, but yeah, I mean Scott Scott's done a great job with that team. Uh, you know, they they lost three starters um, and uh, one of their key reserves from last season, so uh, they lost quite a bit. And you know, but they've they've they barely missed a beat if 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 at all you know the kennedy driverson this has really led them this season you know she's she's one of the best point guards in the state and uh you know she's she's showing why and um then they've got you know just emmy rooney was the other starter who was coming back and, and she's played well and then sydney sorodo she was the first player off the bench last year and, and she especially recently has really stepped up she had uh, I think 13 points and 10 steals in their game last night, so that was really impressive. And then, you know, they've got a, got some other players who are really stepping up. Lacey Tingle, she didn't play much last season, but she's really stepped up. And uh, um, Meredith Wilkinson, she didn't play basketball at all last season, but she's really stepped up and given them a big lift in the middle. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News Interview. And Josh, as always, thanks for the rundown on local sports. We'll talk with you next Wednesday. Sounds good. Thanks so much, man. Have a great day. Our segment with Josh is brought to you each week by Major League Shirt Company, and that's going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the program. Back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.